Hey everyone, it's PJ here, and this is daily podcast number 30. It's been uh, a month since we started this. I'm not quite sure how much uh, longer we'll be continuing this daily podcast, but um, we'll see. Um, it's, uh, it's an unpredictable season, and this is just an attempt to continue to encourage daily interaction with you and also your interaction with God through... Uh, reflecting on his word and through just going to him in prayer and uh, and also just fellowshipping uh, through this means. So um, we'll see. We'll see how much longer we'll be uh, continuing this. For today, I wanted to share a brief reflection with you um, and then also go into a short time of prayer using our um, 30 days of prayer guide, which we have one week of remaining Hope that will be something that you continue to do throughout this season. Now, what I'm going to read for you is question number 135 from the Westminster Larger Catechism. Question that has to do with the Sixth Commandment. Now, the reason why I want to read this to you is because I think um, this clarifies for us as Christians what are the duties God requires of us during a season that we're in right now where... Death is around us, and where we are, as a collective whole, fighting for life, fighting to preserve this gift of life. What does that look like in, it, in the fullest scope? And um, the thesis of that is, you shall not murder, you shall not kill. And then all of the Bible, when we look at it as a systematic whole, gives us a host of reasons and implications that stem from that, Uh, that guide us in how we are to best preserve life and deter death. Um, And ultimately, that coming to a point where we realize that the greatest gift of God is the life of His Son, which in turn gives us His eternal life. God loves life. And uh, the season we're in right now is one wherein we should be fighting for life. I know that sometimes uh, there's this position commonly you know known as the pro-life position and I and I think as Christians it's very reasonable for us to hold that view but I think the pro-life vision can be a lot broader than than the politically um, narrowed version um, the truly pro-life vision according to the Bible goes beyond protecting the unborn of course it includes that it has to include that uh, but it also includes protecting the elderly protecting the life of those who are sick, those who are suffering, those who are marginalized, those who are living in poverty, or those who are uh, refugees seeking um, asylum, fleeing from persecution. That is the fullest scope of the pro-life vision. And um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if uh, either of our political parties or any single politician is fully encompassing this full biblical scope of the pro-life picture. For that, we need to turn to the Word of God and to the best of our ability to be like Jesus in this matter, who cared for um, those who are well, those who are sick, male, female, young, old, uh, those who are considered Jews and those who are considered foreign. Um, He cared for all of them. He lived out the sixth commandment in fullness. He fulfilled the law. 
And he then gives us his righteousness so that we would go about fulfilling the law like he did. Uh, we cannot do so perfectly, but he did on our behalf. And so that by entering into his rest, entering into his fulfillment of the law, we can then freely now begin to imitate him in fulfilling his law. And I truly believe that as followers of Christ, uh, the best way we can model our vision for being pro-life uh, is by being obedient to the sixth commandment. I, I think the better uh, descriptor for Christians is to be pro-sixth commandment, um, is to be uh, for the word, for the law, moral law of God. And I know that that sometimes scares people because that sounds like we're trying to promote some kind of theocracy, but uh, we also understand that in the, in the New Testament, uh, with the new covenant being ushered in, uh, God has uh, established the assembly of his people in the form of the church, which means it's, it's now an assembly of God's people that include all of the nations, all of these different uh, civil uh, nations. And, and therefore, it's, it's reasonable that they abide by those civil rules and laws according to their citizenship, uh, earthly citizenship. And the Bible calls us to, to submit to our governmental authorities. But when it comes to the moral law, that is where our ultimate obligation lies. And that is why we, we know that it's very important as believers that we understand how the moral law, as stated in the Ten Commandments, apply to us today. So here's, here it is. Uh, the question 135 in the larger catechism. What are the duties required in the Sixth Commandment? The duties required in the Sixth Commandment are all careful studies and lawful endeavors to preserve the life of ourselves and others by resisting all thoughts and purposes, subduing all passions, and avoiding all occasions, temptations, and practices which tend to the unjust taking away the life of any by just defense thereof against violence, patient bearing of the hand of God, quietness of mind, cheerfulness of spirit, a sober use of meat, drink, physic, sleep, labor, and recreations, by charitable thoughts, love, compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, peaceable, mild, and courteous speeches and behavior, forbearance, readiness to be reconciled, patient bearing and forgiving of injuries, and requiting good for evil, comforting and succoring the distressed and protecting and defending the innocent. Now, every single phrase here uh, has a scriptural reference, which I will again share with you uh, along with this post. And, and you're more than welcome to look into these scriptural references. They can be quite helpful. I want to just point out a few things here. Uh, notice where it says, we obey the sixth commandment by... Uh, preserving the life of ourselves, but also that of the others. Okay, uh, The Sixth Commandment is not simply there to champion self-preservation. It includes the active and intentional preservation of others. And, and this is fascinating because this is so relevant to us, although this was written centuries ago. You do that by subduing your passions and avoiding 
the occasions, temptations, and practices that tend to the unjust taking away of any life. Well, what is that? What is, what is the unjust taking of any life? Well, when you are indulging in your personal passions without any self-control and therefore uh, foregoing, the, uh, foregoing the sober use of all that God has gifted us, meat, drink, right, physical activity, sleep, labor, when you uh, forego these things and, and bring harm to your neighbor, to others, through neglect, through uh, waste, uh, through hoarding, that is a violation of the Sixth Commandment. And instead, we are to promote the well-being of ourselves and our neighbors by our love, compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, courteous uh, behavior. What a way to apply the Sixth Commandment to our situation. Uh, Because we are in a time where just courtesy is going to be a lifesaver. We are going to be fighting this pandemic at the front lines just by obeying that. And we must obey that. Okay. This is what, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you are a people of God, you are obligated to do this. We are not to champion the uh, individual right to do whatever we want, at, uh, you know, regardless of how that affects our neighbors. We are subject to the Ten Commandments. We're subject to the moral law as God's people. This is the character of God, and we must imitate His character. We, as His children, we have to imitate our Heavenly Father. And that also goes to remind us, right, there's really nothing common about something like courtesy. Right? We use the phrase common courtesy all the time or common sense all the time, but I mean, what, what is to really stop a, a person who, who doesn't believe in any objective moral law to say, hey, my body, my choice? To be, to be entirely pro-choice in this matter, to say, I'm going to do whatever I want with my body. I'm going to go out and play, work, um, even if it's non-essential. I'm going to do whatever I want because it's my life, my body, my money, my choice. There's really nothing illogical about that. In fact, that's actually quite logical and consistent with the cultural message. But the scriptural message has always been, uh, you are not your own. Um, For the people of God, your body is not your own. You belong to God. In fact, you're the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells within you. You're the very temple of God, meaning when people encounter you, They are to encounter the Holy Spirit living inside you. They are to encounter the God, the holy, holy, holy God who resides within you. The whole kingdom of God is like a seed packed inside you to one day come to fruition and to be made more and more visible as you become more and more this light that is uh, dawning on our darkness. Given that is what we are, We have to pursue this, not for the sake of common courtesy, but for the sake of being the people of God, being the children of God that we're called to be. And I think this perspective will also help us uh, gain a certain um, composure when it comes to our uh, non-believing friends and neighbors who may not hold the same view as we do, who, who do champion their individual freedom to do what they want, Rather than judging them or condemning them or being uh, 
um, short-tempered with them, I think we can understand this is a problem that stems from our basic worldview, right? Again, there's nothing common about common courtesy. This is a very biblically rooted religious position to say we ought to be, like we really ought to be courteous toward others and preserve the life of others. And that's not something we can expect everyone to, to believe. And, and you know, for those of us who, who, who were not always Christians in our lives, we understand that, right? We didn't believe these things uh, when we were not a Christian. This is something that we were given, uh, we were imparted to um, when we came to know Christ and received Him as our Lord and Savior. And He now is our King and He now commands our hearts. And so all this to say... Uh, we as the people of God must abide by the sixth commandment, all the commandments, and strive to, during this season, do our very best to preserve the life of others. Now, um, I'm not saying that uh, this doesn't also include trying to convince those who do not agree with us of the same principles. I think it's it's a fine thing to try to uh, present our position, our views, and try to convince and persuade those who disagree with us, or even, you may even uh, constructively critique uh, leaders who, who don't hold the same position, who are doing things differently. But I think we have to, again, remain biblical there and approach this the way Jesus would have approached it. And that is, while speaking the truth, you speak with grace while identifying a, a, an opposing viewpoint, you, you make sure you are showing love and gentleness and respect. And when it comes to uh, things not going your way or our way, uh, understanding that God is ultimately the one in control and the, it, the world is not falling apart or our, our lives not, not becoming derailed simply because the people we disagree with are in office or, or have control. Ultimate control rests uh, with our sovereign God. So I think this will then uh, ground us in uh, continuing to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit and continue to be Christ figures, uh, Christ representatives, his priests, his ambassadors here on earth, representatives of his kingdom, wherever you are, and continue to be his witnesses. And actually, our prayer today on day 23 has uh, everything to do with this. The heading is gentleness. And the, the scripture reference is given to us for this attribute of God is taken from Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 and Galatians 5, 22 to 23. It says in Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And in Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We have a God who is gentle. And gentleness doesn't mean uh, weak. Uh, gentleness doesn't mean uh, indifferent. Uh, that may be the, the outward appearance of gentleness in our culture, and that's how we perhaps define culturally what gentleness is. But God's gentleness is filled with this firmness in love, with joy and in peace and goodness. 
and self-control. It's, it's a gentleness that is rooted in holiness, uh, gentleness that is rooted in the truth, and a gentleness that is not thwarted uh, or overthrown by other people's lack of gentleness. It is a gentleness that is constant. It is a gentleness that is so powerful. And praise God for that. Um, and, and let's pray that we would imitate that um, together. To during, during this season, while, I mean, there's such a lack of gentleness around us. Um, our gentleness is too easily compromised, even for those of us who are believers, uh, especially when the times are very trying. It's difficult to be gentle with our family members, with our spouse, children, parents, to willingly serve them in gentleness, to, to be in the place of humility uh, as we interact with them, to be sacrificial and to go alongside those who are hurting uh, with gentleness. We can be so absorbed in our own feelings and our own pains and uh, our own needs and not give a single care to the needs of others. Uh, but God's gentleness will empower us. When He fills us with His Spirit, His gentleness will empower us to be gentle with those around us. So let's pray that God would give us uh, and fill us with His Holy Spirit so that we would uh, reflect His gentleness to those near us today. So Father, help our gentleness to be uh, a light that contrasts with the, the hardness, the harshness, the impatience of this world. And in that way, help us to bring glory to your name, bring honor to your name. Uh, even if we are to come to a disagreement with others, help us to do that with gentleness. Even if we are to uh, constructively criticize um, and correct those with opposing views, help us to do that with the fullness of gentleness in display, uh, not at the expense of our gentleness. Holy Spirit, fill us and strengthen us in this regard so that we may bring glory to your name, to God's name, and make his kingdom more visible through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.